Well, we are uh, ready to launch into the new year, and I don't uh, don't know about you, but I, you know, I kind of like New Year's. I mean, not so much the staying up till 12:03, um, but uh, I don't know about you, but that's about as far as I go. 12:03, and then it's to bed. But anyway, um, I mean, there's something nice about about New Year's, right? Because uh, well, it's one of those one of those chances you get to uh, just kind of pause for a minute and, and kind of. Do some life evaluation stuff and just kind of check out, you know, what are those things you need to really think about changing in your life and uh, some priorities you need to you need to get back in shape and, and hopefully you do that kind of stuff. And, uh, you know, we Christians, you know, we can and should be doing that every day, but I don't know, there's something about New Year's when, when you do that, right? And um, uh, what I, I want to talk to you today about is... Um, as we approach the new year, being able to do that kind of evaluation in your life um, and so that you can become the kind of person of impact that God wants you to believe, that to be. And uh, I share that with you because I absolutely believe that. I believe that every Christ follower uh, is being recreated in Christ to become a person of incredible impact. Uh, and I believe that absolutely, totally about Christ church. That, that Christ Church is not just any church. Uh, I really see God's hand on us and his favor on us and uh, the things that have been happening around here and lives that are being changed and touched. And I just believe it, that Christ Church is, is a church that God wants to become uh, just an incredible impact place for the kingdom of heaven. Uh, and if, if we're going to be that place and be those individuals, um, we need to understand some principles that undergird uh, what it means to do that. And so that's what I want to talk to you about today under the theme, uh, the power of one. And, and how does one person, uh, what does one person become able to be that kind of impact person in the world? And uh, we know there's people like that. We know all through Scripture, and we'll look at some of them today, of just, just one person who's just made this incredible impact uh, for the kingdom of heaven. And as we look at them and we look at their lives and what they did and, and the circumstances of it, maybe we can understand some of those principles that can apply to us. So if you're ready, we'll, we'll kind of launch into what does it mean for us to be that power of one, that one person who can be significant uh, in this world for the kingdom of heaven. First, um, if you're going to be a power of one person, a person of impact in this world for the cause of Christ, I think it starts with just making sure that you're pursuing life uh, under the right purpose, that, that your life is headed in the right direction, that, that you're you're moving your life forward in the direction that, that God wants it to move as opposed to the direction that you want it to move. And, and as an example of that, I take you to Joshua 23. And what's interesting, notice it's the 23rd chapter of Joshua. So it's later in the book. And it means it's at that time where Joshua has already accomplished his purpose in that He's already led the people of God in to take the land. They, they, they've already settled in the land. Uh, they've already put down all of all the enemies of, of God's people. And uh, now Joshua, who is very old now, is, is gathering all the leaders of the tribe, and, and he's giving them kind of this, this farewell speech. He kind of sees the end of his leadership, and he's, he's giving this, this farewell speech about the important things that they cannot forget if they're going to continue to be God's people, okay? And in the course of that speech, uh, he says in the 10th verse, one of you can chase a thousand away. 
pretty good person of impact? Not a bad deal, right? One person can chase away a thousand people. One to a thousand ratio is a pretty good. When one person has that kind of impact, that's pretty darn incredible. Would you agree? So that's his starting place to say, listen, th this is the way it is for you. you. You are a person of impact. You are a nation of impact. And, and one of you is equal to being able to influence and chase away a thousand. Why is that? He says, that's because the Lord your God fights for you just as he promised he would. How can one person have an impact on a thousand people? Joshua's answer is because they're pursuing a God-promised future. You see that in the text? Why, why is God fighting on their behalf? Well, well, God is fighting on their behalf because they are doing what God wants them to do. They're, they're, they're moving in the direction that God wants them to move. They can be that kind of impact and influence that many people because they've got their life in sync with where God wants their life to go and what God wants them to accomplish. And so he gives them the final word there in verse 11 said, and says, So be very careful, be very careful to love the Lord your God. What's the careful? Well, you see, Joshua is well aware. He's like us. He's well aware how easy it is for us to just kind of settle into life and start pursuing things that we think is important, that we think is important. To start pursuing things according to our own values or according to our own wants or our own desires. And when we go down that path, we're not staying close to the Lord our God. right? If we're, if we're going to stay close to the Lord our God, if we're going to stay right tight with the Lord our God, then we're going to make sure that we stay in that relationship that keeps giving direction to our lives. It's not about what we want. It is absolutely always all about what God wants to accomplish in and through our lives. If you're going to be a person of impact, it's because you stay in that tight relationship with God and understand you're about doing whatever it is He wants to accomplish in your life. That your life's no longer your own. That it's all about what He wants to bring into your life, what He wants to accomplish in your life, how He wants to use your life. And if you live that way, you can be a person of one who can affect thousands. Why? Because God is fighting on your behalf. It's just what Joshua said. Because God is going before you and because you're doing the things that God wants to accomplish. And God always puts his favor on that and he always fulfills his promises around that. We become people of impact when we look at our lives and we say, now wait a minute. Am I living my life in a direction that God wants me to live? Uh, some of you may have been around uh, this last Lent when we did, uh, we did the whole series on chazon. Remember that, folks that have been around? Remember chazon. It's a good word, isn't it? Chazon, yeah. Anyway, we did that. What was that all about? Well, it was all about this, wasn't it? It, it was all about looking at, you know, what has God been doing in your life? What has He prepared, prepared you for? And what are your spiritual gifts? And what's He kind of molded into you and woven into you? And, and how does all that come together so you can be a person of impact and do whatever it is God wants you to do? This is exactly what Joshua is talking about. For us to be people of impact, it's to understand what is it? What's my purpose? What is it that God wants me to be about? What is the priority, according to God, in my life? Now, as we get to figure that out, recognize that doesn't always mean that our lives are going to be easy, right? That just 
doing what God wants you to do doesn't necessarily guarantee that somehow life is going to be smooth, life is going to be fine, there's never going to be any challenge. In fact, it may mean exactly the opposite. Let me give you an example of that. If you're going to be a person of impact, it means you've got to be ready to persevere. You've got to be ready to persevere and see the opportunity as you persevere. Uh, the example I would show you uh, comes out of the book of 2 Kings. And it's the story about uh, Naaman. Now, as you listen to the story, uh, I, I want you to try to identify who is the real person of power and impact uh, in the story. You with me? Okay, here we go. Naaman. Naaman was the commander of the Syrian army. Whoa, commander. Oof. The Lord had helped him and his troops defeat their enemies. So the king of Syria respected Naaman very much. Naaman was a brave soldier, but he had leprosy. One day, while the Syrian troops were raiding Israel, they captured a girl, and she became a servant of Naaman's wife. Sometime later, the girl said, If your husband Naaman would go to the prophet in Samaria, he would be cured of his leprosy. Now you tell me. So far in the story, who is the real person of impact? The girl, right? I mean, you got powerful Naaman, commander of soldiers and armies, successful, you know, defeating the enemies of Syria. But he has leprosy. And all it takes is one girl, one girl in her situation to be able to say the faithful thing according to the purposes of God and provide Naaman the opportunity to be healed. The girl. Now, think about this. Do you suppose the girl, before she was captured, if she sat down and looked at the year that was out in front of her, do you suppose she would have said, now, you know, I really hope there's a, a troop, a bunch of troops that come and raid my town and It would be really great if they'd capture me and drag me away from my family and my friends and and my future as I know it. And it would be really awesome if I could just be put into somebody's house as a slave and servant. I mean, seriously, you think she thought that? Of course not. That that wasn't on her dream chart. That, that, That wasn't where she saw life going. And yet what happened? That's exactly what happens to her. And as she perseveres in the situation, in the circumstances that life has brought into her, as she perseveres, she becomes a person of impact for the kingdom of heaven. Isn't that awesome? And all she has to do as a young girl is be able to say, listen, I know a God who can heal you. If you just go to the prophet in Samaria, he can cure you of that disease. That's a person of impact, wouldn't you say? She is persevering in her situation. Now, I know there's some of you out there that are going through some challenging times right now. Some of you are going through some challenging physical times or some relationship issues. And I mean, I mean, it's just the reality, right? What, what I want you to think about is think about this little girl. Think about this little girl and, and start looking at your life and looking at 2013 and start asking yourself the question, but... Is, is this the place that circumstances have brought me, but it may be exactly the place where God is going to use me for his purpose? That, that this moment of season of struggle in your life may be exactly the place 
where you're going to have the greatest impact that you've had in your life so far for the kingdom of heaven. This girl, she is persevering. She is persevering. And in that perseverance, she sees the opportunity to make a difference for the kingdom. And she makes the difference. Naaman is struck by this, so he goes and tells his king, and the king says, yep, go ahead. Here's a letter. Go see the king of Israel. He leaves. He goes. He takes money. He takes new outfits. I don't know if they were designer or not, but he takes ten of them, and he carries the letter to the king of Israel, right? The king of Israel, the powerful king of Israel, sitting upon the throne, person of great power and influence, when the king of Israel read the letter, he tore his clothes, I hope they weren't designer, in fear and shouted, that Syrian king believes I can cure this man of leprosy? Does he think I'm God with power over life and death? He must be trying to pick a fight with me. Look at the contrast we just looked at. You've got a little girl who is dragged away from her family and is serving as a slave and a servant in somebody's house, and you've got the powerful king of Israel, the prince of Israel, who sits upon the throne and commands army, and you tell me which one is making an impact for the kingdom of heaven. He has the opportunity, and he can't see it. He has the opportunity to do the very same thing the girl does, and this powerful king can't see it. Instead, it takes the prophet Elijah to step into the situation. The prophet Elijah, who's close to God, he sees the opportunity of it. And as soon as Elijah the prophet heard what was happening, he sent to the Israelite king the message saying, Whoa, 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 what is the problem? Why are you so afraid? Send the man to me so that he'll know there is a prophet in Israel. And the outcome of the story is, of course, Naaman goes to Elijah, and he is cured of his disease, and Naaman, this powerful general Naaman, becomes a believer in God. So much so that by the end of the story, Naaman goes to the prophet and says, listen, can I take some, some uh, ground back with me? I want to take some, some dirt from Israel back with me because I want to worship on the ground that is God's people's own ground. Because I now know there is no other God but the God of Israel. Isn't that an awesome story? And, and I'll trail it all the way back. How did this powerful man get impacted and brought to faith? Because of the simple word of a little girl. The simple word of a little girl. Who was persevering in her situation. See, if you're going to be a powerful person in the kingdom of heaven. If you're going to be a power of one person, it's because you understand wherever your situation is, life circumstances may have brought you there, but it doesn't mean it's not the place that you can be the person God wants you to be, that you can make the impact that God wants you to, to make in this life. It may be exactly the place you need to be. You with me? Let's go to the next one. If you're in whatever situation you're in, whatever position you're in, whether it's a season of struggle or whether it's a season of prosperity, whatever the situation you're, you're in, if you're going to be a power of one person, you need to understand that in that position, you have to make yourself totally available to whatever God wants. You've you got to make yourself totally available to whatever God wants. You, you totally surrender whatever it is, uh, totally, to whatever God wants. Let me give you the example of what that looks like. 
It's out of John 6. If you're, you know, Christ follower, you probably know the story well. It's that story where Jesus feeds 5,000 or more, right? So they're there. Jesus has been teaching. It's getting late. The people are hungry. Jesus says to the disciples, guys, it's late. They're hungry. Let's go feed them. They say, what? Right? Us? you got to be kidding. Until finally, one of them speaks up. It says, another of his disciples spoke up. It was Andrew, Simon Peter's brother. He said, here is a boy with five small loaves of barley bread. He also has two small fish. But how far will that go in such a large crowd? Jesus said, have the people sit down. There was plenty of grass in the place. They sat down. And the number of the men among them was about 5,000. And, of course, he multiplied it and he fed them. Now, what made this experience work? Where, where is the person of impact in this experience beyond Jesus obviously doing a miracle? Well, as I look at the story, the person of impact that I'm amazed by is the young boy. I mean, it's great that Andrew finally spoke up, right? But, but the young boy doesn't say a word. It's what he does. What does the young boy do? He makes absolutely everything he has available to Christ. Everything he has, he, he makes it totally available to Christ. You see, I, I could see it going the other way. I, I could easily see, you know, a little bargaining going on there as the disciples discover he's got the five loaves and the two fish and the little boy saying, well, well, listen, I know the master needs it, but listen, how about you take three loaves, I'll keep two. You take one fish, I'll keep one. Because, you know, i got to make sure you got a little security, a little nest egg going for me here. Besides, when it's all said and done, if he fails, I'm going to have lunch. Amen? See, and that's the way we work. And that's the way we work. I mean, we want to make sure that we can manage the situation and manage our life circumstances, manage all of our resources in such a way that we get insurance to ourselves that we're going to be okay. When in reality... People of powerful impact make every part of their life absolutely, totally available to whatever Christ wants. Every part. That means your finances, too. It does amaze me. i got to tell you, it does amaze me when I, when I talk to some folks and, and they get frustrated with God and they say, you know, why, why isn't God doing this in my life? And, and why isn't God really opening up opportunities in my life? And, and I'm so frustrated because I keep praying about it, but God just doesn't seem to be doing what I think He should be doing in my life. And after we spend some time talking, of course, we discover that, well, they haven't made everything in their life available to Him. You know, for instance, they're not tithing. They're not saying, Lord, here it is, whatever, here it is. Everything I have is yours, and, and here's a tenth. And yet somehow, even though they're not making it available and they're not tithing in obedience, they expect God to do awesome, great, wonderful things in their life. How does this make any sense? I mean, the reality is here in the text, what made it work was the boy who said nothing, who just said, here it is. Use whatever you need. It's all yours, Jesus. Powerful people of impact make everything they have available. They make everything they have available to whoever God wants to do in their life. That's one of the principles. If you're going to be a powerful person of impact, it's because you understand that principle in your life. And, and you just are obedient and say, listen, God, you are my security. 
Christ, you are my security. And that's all I need. If you're going to be a powerful person of uh, impact, it means that you'll also be willing to practice your faith openly, regardless of the peer attitudes you may experience. So if you if you buy into this today, if you receive this word today, and you say, listen, in 2013, that I want that kind of life. God wants me to live that kind of way. I'm going to be completely available to Him. I'm going to focus on whatever it is God wants in my life even if it means I have to persevere through some tough stuff. It also means there are going to be people who come into your life or may already be in your life who are going to say things like, Are you nuts? Are you crazy? What are you thinking? That's what they'll say. Why? Because, well, they don't get what it means to be a powerful person of impact who makes themselves totally available to accomplish the purposes of God. It doesn't make sense to them. Why? Because it's faith. It's faith. Let me show it to you in Genesis 6. We got this guy named Noah. You heard of the guy named Noah? Yeah, it had something to do with a little pontoon boat, I think, that he built, right? Pretty big pontoon boat, actually, right? And don't break out into my favorite song, Pontoon. Love that song. Absolutely. Anyway, this Noah guy, you know, God comes to him, and God's looking at everybody else in the whole world, And he looks at everybody else and says, Man, I am so sorry I made human beings. And by the time you get to the end, it says, But the Lord was pleased with Noah, and this is a story about him. Why was God pleased with Noah? Noah was the only person who lived right and obeyed God. Out of all of humanity, out of all of the humans in the earth, in that day and time, there was only one person who lived and obeyed God, who loved and lived and obeyed God. And when God came to him and said, No, I want you to build a boat, because he lived right and he obeyed God, what did he do? He built a boat, and he made absolutely everything available to him, and he stayed in the purpose that God had for him, and he persevered in the situation. But can you imagine the ridicule Can you imagine the things that people were saying about Noah while he's building the boat? They had to be saying to him. His closest friends had to be saying to him, Noah, what's up with the boat? Are you nuts? Isn't that right? You see, that's what's going to happen. You see, if you get this this morning, if you you commit 2013 and say, I am going to be a power of one person, I'm going to have that kind of impact for the kingdom of heaven. You've got to get ready for this. You've got to understand. There will be people in your family. There will be friends and, and relatives and neighbors and people at work that are going to look at you and they're going to hear what you're doing. They're going to say, what? But you have to remember, you're on purpose, not for them. You're on purpose for God you look at Hebrews 11, Hebrews 11 understood Noah, and he understood this whole principle for Noah. He said Noah had faith because he had faith. He built the ark to save his family, and he built it because of his great respect for God. Why did he build the ark? Because God was more important. Because God was more important, right? God was more important. The Apostle Paul understood that in Galatians as well. He says, I'm not trying to please people. I want to please God. Do you think I'm trying to please people? 
if I were doing that, I wouldn't be a servant of Christ. If you want to be a power of one person and make an incredible impact in 2013, you've got to make sure that you live your life to please only one person. That you live your life to please Christ. And you've got to be ready for any of the ridicule or any of the challenges that have come along. Because other people just won't understand what you're doing. To accomplish that, to accomplish that, it means you've got to be ready to focus not on your own power and your own strength, but you've got to focus on God's power. I was at uh, Bayshore uh, yesterday and uh, went into Barnes & Noble. Uh, don't, but, and if you know about my family, anytime we get near a bookstore or a library, we're there. Okay, Bookstores, libraries, we're all over it, right? So we're at Bayshore and right into Barnes and & Noble. And, you know, I just, I never buy anything, but I like walking around. And uh, so we're just, I'm just walking around. And there's this whole giant table there. And it had a sign on it that said, self-help. Okay? And I started looking at the books. And, and there was a consistent theme in all these books. I mean, all the titles, it was all about, you have the strength to overcome. Within you, the power to be more. You know, I mean, it was all about saying, look, it's just right there inside you. You can do it. You can do it. The Bible says, no, you can't. You can't do it. That's why we just celebrated Christmas. We just did Christmas because it says, no, Jesus came into the world to be in our lives so that he can do it. Our role is to just make ourselves available and to rely completely on his strength and not on our own. If you go into the Old Testament and you just think of somebody who relied on God's strength, all you have to do is think of David when he faced Goliath, right? He's facing Goliath, this giant guy. Everybody around him says, what do you think you're doing? You can't do it. Saul the king even says, David, are you kidding me? You, 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 this guy's a professional killer. You can't do it. And look what David says in response. The Lord saved me from the paw of the lion. He saved me from the paw of the bear. He'll save me from the powerful hand of this Philistine too. Who is he relying on? Not his own power. He's relying on the power of Christ, the power of God in his life. Powerful people, power of one people, understand. It's not about us. It's about what God can do in us and through us. Here's the last word. If you go to uh, Philippians 4, Paul, who did awesome stuff, would you say he was an impact person? Paul says, I can do everything by the power of Christ. He gives me strength. Let's pray. Father, we uh, approach a new year, and we want it to be an awesome year of the Lord. We want it to be an incredible year of your strength and your power just being unleashed through us. And so we ask today, help us to just take this time to take it all in and to just uh, review our lives and our priorities. And, and once again, just take that deep breath and let you be everything to us. Father, you've done everything for us. And you've given us new life in Christ because he was willing to die for us. And so now we ask that we can live for him that we can be those powerful people of, of impact in this world and that we can just make everything available, that we can focus on his power, that we can just make sure that we live according to your purpose and we can persevere in even the most difficult of seasons. Father, we put this before you. We ask for this through Jesus Christ our Lord.
Amen. Often at Christ Church, we like to take popular songs um, and play them on a Sunday morning, and they only make sense when we put them through the lens of Christ. And so this is one that through the power and the love of Christ makes sense. Thank you. 